As one of my friends who is a minister not far from here would say, good morning church. Today I would add, I know you are out there somewhere. Whether you regularly tune into these podcasts or whether you are a newcomer, I am glad you have taken time out to do so. And I want to tell you first a true story about a man named Blondin. Blondin was a tightrope walker in Victorian times. His speciality was to walk from one side of the Niagara Falls to the other, on a narrow rope high above the churning water below. And he did it in various ways, sometimes with a pole, sometimes with an umbrella, and sometimes backwards. The crowd loved it. One time he even took a small burner and frying pan and cooked an egg in the middle. Another time he pushed a wheelbarrow across and when he got to the other side, he put a sack of potatoes in it and wheeled it back. The crowd went potty. Then he turned to the crowd and said, do you believe I can take a man across the tightrope in this wheelbarrow? The crowd roared, yes. So then he asked, who would like to be in the wheelbarrow? The crowd fell silent. You could have heard a pin drop were it not for the roar of the water. Suddenly, everyone found something interesting to look at on the ground or in the air, anywhere but at Blondin. So he said, surely one of you is willing to cross. And eventually, a little old lady pushed her way through from the back of the crowd and got into the wheelbarrow. Blondin took up the handles and set off to the other side and then returned back, pushing the little old lady. The crowd cheered wildly, but they all went home thinking about the lesson they had learned. Blondin and his mum, because it was she, went home too. I will refer back to this story, but firstly I would like to say that when I am preparing a sermon, I look to see what the lectionary is, and more often than not, if it looks too difficult or leaves me uninspired, I go and do my own thing. I'm able to do this because I don't preach every week and therefore don't have to follow a theme. But I have great admiration for those who follow the lectionary come what may. Today I'm following the lectionary because it is the wonderful recollection from Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 to 33 when the disciples are far out on the Sea of Galilee in high seas when they see Jesus walking towards them. And Peter dear Peter, does as instructed, and gets out of the boat and starts to walk towards him. But he looks down, the waves look high and he starts to sink. So Jesus takes him by the hand and back to the boat where he gently chides him, O ye of little faith. The story tells us a lot about two people, Jesus and Peter, but also about ourselves. The passage follows the feeding of the 5,000. Understandably, Jesus needed some space. He had sent the people away, having been fed physically and spiritually. And now he sends the disciples on ahead to sail across the lake while he goes up the mountain to pray. It is hard going on the boat. The waves are high and the wind is strong in the wrong direction to set the sails. The disciples are probably heaving on the oars to make headway. And by the middle of the night, they are exhausted. Then they see it, 
a light on the water, coming and going as the waves go up and down. It must be a light on a boat, but is it? It seems to have the wrong shape. And as it gets closer, it seems to have a man shape. It can only be a ghost. And they scream with fear, but then the shape calls to them. Courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Courage, it is I, do not be afraid. The disciples have been fearful. They have been drained by the conditions, but some were seasoned fishermen and they knew they could get through the storm. However, seeing this apparition had been too much until he spoke. Then they recognised him instantly. There was only one person it could be, someone who could overcome the conditions, someone who could defy gravity by walking on water, someone who sounded like God. They may even have remembered God saying to Moses, I am who I am. Predictably, it was Peter who spoke up. Lord, if it is really you, order me to come out onto the water to you. Jesus responded with the single word, come. Just as he had said a couple of years earlier, come, I will make you fishers of men. And Peter's response was the same. He came. So don't you just love Peter? The rest of the 12 were in the boat, but he was the one who responded. Just like Blondin's mum, he was the one who put his faith into action. And it was typical of the man. He did things impulsively, not thinking of the consequences. Remember at the Transfiguration, when Jesus took Peter, James and John to a high mountain where they met the prophets, Elijah and Moses. Peter's reaction was to build shelters for them all. Much later, when Jesus was about to be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was Peter who cut off the servant's ear. Like in the current story, Jesus rescued him by healing the ear, or the consequences for Peter would have been dire. A few days later, when Mary Magdalene told the disciples that someone had taken Jesus from the tomb, it was Peter who ran fastest to get there. And of course, it was Peter who beat himself up at the sound of the cock crowing for the third time. So while the others stay in the boat, Peter steps out. But first, it is okay. His ears are ringing with Jesus' words and he has his eyes fixed on him. But the waves are high and the wind is strong. He probably looks down, realises what he is doing and forgets who had told him to do it. At the bottom of my garden, I've constructed a climbing frame for two-year-old Grace when she comes to see us. There's a plank of wood to walk across. She's fine if he keeps her, she keeps her eyes fixed in the distance, putting one foot in front of the other. But if she looks up, she loses her balance. And if she looks down, she gets all wobbly. She will then grab my hand. We're all the same. Keeping balance is difficult, unless we have something to hold on to. So Peter starts to wobble, he starts to sink, and Jesus holds out his hand and regains his balance and together they get into the boat. Then Jesus says to Peter, how little faith you have, why did you doubt? I don't think it's an accusation. I think it is a reminder of the frailty of our convictions, like a concerned father talking to a child. And as they get back into the boat, the disciples worship Jesus saying, truly, 
You are the son of God. But they are chastened by the experience, just as the crowd watching Blondin had been. So we are in this storm. We have all sorts of issues surrounding us. Our usual cares of our health, our relationships, our security and our future prospects seem to have been overshadowed by more serious ones. Political instability, climate change and coronavirus throughout the whole world. It's not just a storm on our little lake, it's a storm on the ocean. And the waves have suddenly got higher. And here we are in our little boat being buffeted around, professing our faith. But do we have enough faith to step out of the security the boat offers like Peter did? We know that Jesus has the power to calm the storm, but are we prepared to walk towards him in the knowledge that he alone has the ability to cure all the world's problems, as well as our own, if we only rely on him? To look at it another way, are we prepared to get into Blondin's wheelbarrow, or are we content to watch from the side? If you have problems you are worried about, think to yourself, what would Jesus do? And then keep him firmly in sight as you both confront the problem. Along the way, it's okay to have doubts, so long as you remember that he will take you by the hand if you start to falter. And if and when you do, he won't blame you for it, just as he never blamed Peter, and instead made him the rock on which he would build his church. Amen. Let us pray. A prayer of approach. As we approach you today, Lord, we probably feel pretty much like Peter, full of bravado to begin with, but then just not quite so certain of ourselves. We come to you, Jesus, trusting that even if we feel ourselves beginning to sink under the pressures that we face, we know you are still there holding us up. Please reassure us that you won't let go, no matter how we feel. Thank you, Lord. Amen. A prayer of confession. Lord God, we're sorry for the times we take our eyes off you and seek to do things in our own strength. We're sorry for the times we doubt that you can keep us on the straight and narrow. We're sorry for the times we ask you for signs when we know really what it is we should be doing. Lord, we pray that you will forgive our doubts and hesitations. Show us your loving presence, especially when we need it most, and teach us to trust you at all times. Amen. A prayer of intercession. Heavenly Father, we have so many people we want to hold before you in prayer that we don't know where to start. The toll of misery brought by coronavirus is endless and it is hard not to feel that the world is spiralling out of control. But we know you are in control and while you grieve with us, you will use this disaster to bring us closer to you and show your eternal love to us. We now take a moment of quietness to pray for those who we feel God has put in our hearts and minds, especially today.
We cannot end this prayer of intercession without bringing to you the people of Beirut. The country has suffered so much over the last few years, and now this appalling explosion has brought more devastation to people's lives. We hold before you everyone there, the injured, the bereaved, the rescuers, the medical teams, the homeless, those desperately trying to find out what has happened to family members. Please soften the hearts of individuals around the world so that they can be generous in giving aid. And I'd like to finish our prayers today with a couple of verses from one of my favourite hymns. Not sung, you'll be pleased to hear, but said as a prayer. I think this hymn inspires us to be courageous in God's love so that if we are called to get out of our boats and walk on water, we know we have God as our lifeguard. The hymn is In Christ Alone by Stuart Townend, and it's the first and the last verses. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. No guilt in fear, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Amen.